Welcome back to my podcast, All the Diets Under the Sun by Guillermo Perez. I am Guillermo Perez, a journey from childhood to adulthood in the battle with weight. Today is June 1st, 2019, and this is my second installment today. The first, I had my young daughter as a guest, 19 years old today, and we enjoyed this morning together. And I'd like to continue and finish the installment since that one was way short with chapter 11, the most influential book I ever read. I remember it like it was yesterday. In about 2008, one of the guys in the operations department was overweight like me. I was again weighing in at about 185. And if you were a trader in any market, you would have looked at my chart and said to yourself, this is going higher. And they would have been right. I was chatting with Brian because I had been on the U.S. government website calculating my body mass index, BMI, and I told him that I was obese and needed to do something about it. I asked him if he wanted to work on it together. He agreed to follow my lead. The idea was that this would keep us challenged enough to actually do it. We were wrong. Both Brian and I continued to gain weight. I'm not even sure if we even lost weight at the beginning of our attempt. It was a complete fiasco. Luckily, this did not deter me. It was in the front of my mind always. I probably spent a lot of time talking about it. As we all know, talk is cheap. I needed to take action. As my career moved on, my confidence began to build. One of my bosses, who would soon retire, suggested me as a speaker for an industry event. I was humbled by her recommendation and decided I would not let her down. I accepted the offer to speak and it propelled me to new levels. The market began to realize I was a guy with a diversified experience and the ability to communicate well in a public forum. I guess what I did right was to make my presentations entertaining. My goal was to deliver relevant and interesting information in a compelling manner. I didn't want anyone falling asleep the way I had at someone else's presentation. I was successful and the new head of our business unit, a dear friend named Jerry, asked me to do a presentation on our department's behalf. This certainly helped me build my confidence. As this part of my skill set was developing, I began writing a daily morning market report. In my estimation, it was adequate, but I wasn't trying to draw any real interest from anyone. I kept it short and sweet. The idea was to be a quick executive summary that shouldn't take more than a minute to read. There was one Christmas season when Hanukkah fell on the same day. This doesn't happen often because the Catholic Church uses a different calendar than the Jewish religion. And the Orthodox Christians use a third calendar. I'm telling you this to make the point that the holidays often do not coincide. The fact that they did this time was almost as magical for me as if all the worlds aligned. That fateful season, it just happened that business had slowed down significantly. It was not really a good time to get new business or to call on customers because people were all wrapped up in preparing for the holidays. This meant outside of doing market research and supporting the trading desk, I was slow. I decided to take the extra time to entertain my daily readers. I wrote a very short discourse on Christmas and Hanukkah, where they came from and what they represent. This almost daily correspondence was suddenly a big hit. Our customers loved it, and I took the lead with the support of the team to write something daily. 
I wrote about my views on life. I wrote about what was going on in my life. And sometimes I was a little too open. But our readers got to know me and reached out to me. They knew when I was sad or happy. They could read what I was thinking and how I felt about all sorts of things. I even wrote poems. It was a time of a creative explosion for me. And it increased my confidence again. This confidence spilled over at home. My wife and I began to enjoy each other's company again. And life was getting better. The only missing piece of the puzzle was my health. Here I was, this obese short guy, married to a knockout. I'm sure people looked at us and scratched their heads. I knew it upset my wife, and that was another reason to try to get healthy again. I finally had everything going for me, and my head was screwed on right. What was missing? Why could I not lose the weight? I needed inspiration, and like anyone else, I was looking for it all the time. I finally found it in a book, Self-Mastery and Self-Discipline, by Basil W. Maturin. I am almost sure I got it from an online Catholic book publishing company. The last time I looked, I could only find used copies. Recently, I was able to find it on Kindle, which is my reading tool of preference. Why is it so hard to get? Quite simply, it is a book written by a priest in 1909. The book is very Jesus-centric, and if you are not a believer, it may not be useful for you. Though I dare to say the logic and truths about humanity found therein transcend many faiths. In the first pages of the book, the following quote appears. Self-reverence, knowledge, self-control. These three alone lead life to sovereign power. It is from the poem Enoni, written by Alfred Lord Tennyson in 1829. That is just part of the powerful quote that Father Maturin felt important enough to include in his book. I have reread the book and it remains an inspiration. But to put it into practice, you have to have all your ducks in a row, as we say in the English vernacular. If I were to summarize it in one sentence, the most important takeaway is simply this. If I can't control myself, then I am in control of nothing. There obviously is more to the book than just that, but that one point resonated with me and still does. Suddenly I had the inner strength and the outward support to get this done. I took bits and pieces of all the diets I had used to create my own program. I took tracking from my food consumption from Weight Watchers, but I focused on calories. I took the avoidance of carbohydrates from Atkins and portion control from Jenny Craig. It became like a religion. I learned all the caloric values of foods. I knew how many calories I burned with the exercise I did or needed to do. I tallied all this up daily to see if I could lower my calorie intake and keep my exercise level at a high enough rate to lose weight. It took me three years, but I lost 40 pounds. I weighed 146 pounds. I was fit as a fiddle, and though many people said I looked like I was starving to death, I felt great. One of the things I had inadvertently done was to start relying on certain foods to keep the calorie count down. One of those was grapefruit. I used to eat a grapefruit every day for lunch, but I noticed I was not feeling like I used to. My energy levels were dropping. At that time, I also had just left my job of seven years to take a position with a company that wanted to go public and asked me to join. This was exciting and looked to be profitable. 
If we were successful, I would be able to pay off my house and money would not be an issue for once in my life. Unfortunately, the gold market collapsed the moment I joined that company. The company was a retailer of precious metals, coins, and investment parts. This also dragged their sales down significantly. Going public was not meant to be, and I would only stay on with them a short time. I don't regret a minute I spent there as I met some wonderful people that I could count as friends to this day. Still, the upheaval began. Being between jobs is not a place I like to be. It took me only a few months to land another job. I was also getting paid pretty well for several consulting jobs I received, but I wanted stability and it took longer than I wished. I began to suffer from anxiety and I went to see doctors. They prescribed me medication. The drug was Cymbalta. I became increasingly inactive and began to gain all the weight back. I would say I was even suffering from a mild form of depression. I began to drink more alcohol than usual. And my in-laws on Thursday nights, my new favorite was Patron Coffee Liqueur. This was a very bad choice. It was delicious. Unfortunately, I was slow to realize what I was doing. And this syrup-drenched liqueur caused me to put on weight faster than I ever thought possible. Between the anti-anxiety medication and liquor, I had blown everything I had worked so hard for so many years right out the window. I had gained 20 pounds before I started my new job. I was now weighing 165, a weight I used to consider good. I started with the new company and it was an exciting time, but I was not feeling well. I was gaining weight and I was still taking the medication. I continued to gain more. Though at a slower pace because I had eliminated the Patron liqueur, still I have to admit it was delicious and I crave it sometimes. Well, that concludes that chapter. I hope you found it interesting and insightful. Um, one of the things that you'll find out in the next chapter, obviously, is Cymbalta was not a good thing. It was actually, it's a depressant in a sense. It calms your body down, but also reduces your activity level. And that's one of my problems there. And of course, the coffee liqueur is sweet and syrupy and high in caloric value. And that's another thing you have to avoid. Well, here we go. So that's the end of this installment. I hope you enjoyed it and look forward to having you next time. Take care.